Welcome to Dreaming Back to the Earth. My name is Mary Kay Casper, and I am co-host with Katrina Dreamer of a podcast dedicated to exploring the concept that our dreams and their wisdom are a path to our soul-rooted relationship to self and earth. Welcome. Katrina, you want to say hi? Hello, everyone. It's exciting for us to both be back in the studio. Yay. Yay. <laughs> so good to be here. Yeah. In today's podcast, we're going to explore the concept um, of the element of air, and in particular, its quality of space and how it shows up in our dreams in our waking life. And so we decided to begin that conversation with talking about what is air to us, the element of air. Katrina, would you like to start us off? What is air for you? What are your associations and uh, connections to air? I often think about wind. That's often the first thing that comes to me. And I have an interesting relationship with wind. I'm not a fan of walking around in a really strong wind. Never have liked that very much. And I come from Colorado where there are very strong winds, especially in the spring. They can be hurricane uh, force winds. And I remember, you know, I have visceral memories of having to walk into the wind and having to be at an angle because it's really hard to walk and uh, listening to the wind howling at night. Um, I also have a lot of dreams about tornadoes being mm. from Colorado. Um, so I've, I've kind of done a, a bit of a study of, of my tornado dreams and I'm, I'm working on what that might mean, what those term, tornado dreams might mean. They, they come and they go. So I have a number and so that that's why those are wind is what comes up the most. And then I, I also think about how, in a tarot system or a, even a thinking about the, the different elements in a lot of cultures, uh, air, it can be associated with the mind. And so, um, right. I think that, you know, I, I have a, a pretty strong relationship to that. Um, so it's one of the elements that I probably identify a little bit more with in terms of, that way of thinking. Um, so those are those are the things that 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 come up first when I'm thinking about air. Um, I remember when we had a conversation about this podcast we were going to do that you mentioned breath, and I couldn't yeah. believe that I wasn't thinking about breath. That's the first thing. So, what about you? Do, is breath one of the first things that you think about, or not? Yeah, actually, when I think about air, I think of the breath of life and mm. how like it's so necessary for our survival. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's interesting that for me, the element of air is probably the most um, unworked uh, with element in my life. I tend to, um, if not ignore it, not focus on it. And I think it's definitely something that I take for granted. Uh, and I also, when I think of the breath, I notice for myself how how I have difficulty with breathing. And so it makes mm -hmm. sense that um, that particular 
uh, attribute of air is something that is difficult for me and I need to do more work around. And it's come up in my waking and my dreaming life around breathing even in the dream or breathing um, whether I'm working with other elements or in this whole process of how the breath is the beginning to life and the end to life. Mm. Like mm. we breathe into our birth and, um, and then when we take our last breath, when we pass and move on to other worlds. And so it's definitely a aspect of my life that I continue to be aware that there's lots of dreams uh, that need, that I work with around working with, with air. I mean, I also say for me with air, um, I think of spirit and spirituality. I think of um, um, time and how that is somehow connected. And for me, like air is such um, even like compared to the to the other elements, it's a it's a the quality of air can be in all the elements, and mm. it's it's in a way it's kind of hospitable to all the elements because even like water has air in it in some form. The body, our physicality, has air in it, and um, fire needs air to to be fire. So. Um, it's a fascinating element in that way and how it affects everything. Um, and I mean, sound is air and language is air. And, you know, so it's all when we really think about it specifically, like we can really um, discover how much it is a part of our lives and how it teaches us about moving in connection to everything and um, and is a part of who we are in our world. I mean, I, I was talking to somebody the other day and I'm like, well, how does gravity fit into all of this? So it's like the notion of gravity and air. Um, and that's something I have not a clue about. So <laughs> I would love to explore more. Um, so yeah, those are some aspects of air that come up for me that if you looked at each individual quality, there would be more there to, to dive into and explore that maybe we could at another time in our mm -hmm. podcast. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, so that's what it is for me and, uh, something really like exciting to, to pursue and to, to explore. But, and so today, we are talking about the quality of air that's identified as space. And, and it came up for me because I was reading a wonderful book by John O'Donohue related to the elements, and he speaks to this notion of space when he talks about air. So I thought it'd be like curious to dive into it with our dreams and waking life and how space shows up. Um, related to air so well I like what you were saying before about how air is in every other element I think that connects us right to space yes space is everywhere yeah. even inside of us and atoms are made up of vast amounts of space there's more space 
in the universe than there is anything material. So I, I haven't really thought about air in this way before, but it's, I don't know, it's like the the master element or something. <laughs> yeah, know? really. I don't know if anyone's <laughs> talked about it like that before, True. but yeah. you know, it is part of everything. So yeah. Yes. Um, and it's, it's the invisible mm. thing that is everywhere. You know, we don't, I don't think many of us spend a whole lot of time thinking about space. Mm. Um, we think a lot more about what we can touch or feel or hold in our hand, just the material objects in our world. <clears throat> so I think it's it's almost like looking at a a negative mm. where you know suddenly all that space shows up in a different way and you are much more aware of it um or or a drawing that's in black and white where the contrast is very stark then you might it pops out at you right. you know you're like whoa all of that is there and I didn't think about it so when when we when you propose this idea for the podcast and and thinking about space and dreams even i thought the first thing i thought was wow i don't think i ever think about the space in a dream not in the way we're talking about it i might think about what space am i in am i in my house am i in a landscape am, you know but not the space around everything and what could that mean when working a dream? Right, right. What does it mean? Fascinating. What does it mean, Mary Kay? What does it mean? Oh, it can mean many things. <laughs> many things. Yeah. And what does it mean for each one of us and how, mm -hmm. what our associations are to space would be? Like, for me, like an association to space is expansiveness. It's like, Every, and, it, and it's even connected to this notion of nothingness. Like, and do we talk about what nothingness is and, um, and the concepts of dark and light? Like, mm. you know, it's all connected in some. And we don't talk about what that means for us and what, like when I feel empty inside or when I feel, when there's emptiness around me, it's like, what's that like? I have this, I have this, I don't know if I would call it, um, uh, what would I call it? Like this um, addiction to creating space in my life, you know, around, in my physicality, in my apartment. Mm. So I'll mm. all be, I have this desire to have space. And when I look at my apartment, I'm like, I've got all this stuff in my apartment. And so every once in a while, I'm like, it's time to, get rid of stuff so I can see like the sense of emptiness, the sense mm -hmm. of expansiveness. Because for me, when I, when I often feel confined, you know, restricted, I'm trying to find a way to create space in my life. Yep. And so I do it physically and and there's some kind of freedom that comes with that. I mean, I, it m reminds me of the whole notion of um, what is it in terms of how you set up an apartment. 
and creating space that way uh, is it zen you know kind of like creating space and and what happens if we create space you know if i create space in my life in a physical way does that open me up to something new coming in or the possibility of letting go of something old that doesn't serve me anymore um and what is it about me that i have to hang on to stuff and have lots of things around me where's the comfort in that or the blocking that that creates um so yeah that i mean space is an interesting concept and um i wonder like for you how does that like even what i've said and how it shows up for you in your life uh, I was definitely thinking of, I have moved so many times, Mary Kay. I've moved more than 20 times in my life, M maybe even 25. And there's, there's some excitement in it for me because it's the opportunity to let go of, you know, you, you get into a space and you stay there for a number of years. You just naturally start to accumulate things because you know, you're not going to be going anywhere. Right. <laughs> Right. And so you just know you have, you have places to put things. But when there's the possibility of moving, I always get excited about, okay, what, what can I let go of now? What are the things that I just don't need? And I have found in my life that when I let go of things, maybe it's uh, clothing that I don't wear anymore, books that I don't read anymore, um, anything, things that I'm not using. Or if I let go of people that aren't right for me in my life, that eventually, and it doesn't seem to take a very long time, new things will show up that I wasn't mm -hmm. even looking for or expecting necessarily, right? But right, right, there's that right. space open now. And I think that because I've seen that work kind of in the waking world or just the physical world, it is interesting to think about. And this is kind of what I've been thinking about for this year for myself. What are some habits mm -hmm. I can let go of that are not serving me that maybe my ego thinks are serving me or my inner child thinks are serving me or coping mechanisms I've come up with. Um, but what would it mean to let go of them? What, what space would that open up? feels mm. pretty scary in this yeah. moment. Right. <laughs> there right. are some coping mechanisms and some behaviors that I have operated in for 30 years, probably. And it feels really scary to let go of them. But the possibility of what could come on the other side is exciting. Right. So that's, you know, and I've definitely had that feeling many times of walking into an empty apartment and kind of like enjoying that it's empty for the mm. moment, you know, that there's so much spaciousness and possibility, knowing that it's going to fill up with stuff. Right. But, you know, trying to be conscious about how much, how much stuff is going to get filled up. When I went through my divorce, I really just gave so many things away. And then when I went on a trip to Europe for six months, I let go of all my furniture, 
Um, eventually I let go of my car and it's, it is kind of amazing that freedom that you get from letting go of all those things. Um, and then all of those things have come back to me. Now, you know, now I have a car again and, but there, there is, there's, there's a freedom. And on the flip side, there can be like a melancholy. That's the word that I was thinking of when you were talking. There can be a real, yeah, melancholy around having that much space. I think many of us are not used to that much space. Right. So when it shows up, and if it shows up in an extreme way, it can be very hard. Yeah. And sad, right? You, like you miss the things. Right. Um, right. So those were some of the thoughts that were coming up. I, you mentioned that you have a dream that you might share, that we could explore this idea of yeah. space. And I'm fascinated to think about that because it, it would, yeah, it just feels like a really new way to look at a dream. So right. if you right. feel ready yeah. and open to that, sure. hear it. Uh, I, I would love to. And I'm, I, first, I want to say I can really identify with all that you were saying and, and just say that, I mean, the, the opposite of creating space for me is that sometimes I spend all my time creating space in a way that keeps me from stepping into something. It's like I need to create space first and I'm, I keep oh, creating space as a, yeah. as a way not to step in. So yep, it, yep. it's very interesting to me how it can go either way for me around space. Um, and it's interesting with this dream because you could take it in, in various ways. So, you know, it's a real basic dream. I'm, I'm, I'm this young girl and someone gives me a balloon and I'm holding it and the person says, let go. My first inclination is to let go of the balloon, but I don't. I hang on to it and the balloon becomes bigger and I'm raised up and I can feel like there's nothing around me and there's all this expansiveness. And I'm at first I'm terrified of this expansiveness and that I'm not on anything solid. Like I am drifting in the sky. And, and so it takes me a while to be in that space of expansiveness before and holding on to this. And I'm like holding on. But the more I hold on, the bigger the balloon gets and the higher I go. And I begin to feel elation and this sense of freedom and I'm seeing everything around me, the expansiveness of the world. And I mean, I don't go up into the universe, into the sky, into the the stars, but I'm just floating around and I'm not responsible for anything. I mean, I think that's one of the things that comes up that I can just float around and I'm free and it feels so good. So, and then that's the, the end of the, the dream and I I did a lot of um, artwork around it mm-hmm. and to draw this little girl and so I I worked with that little girl that was me many many years ago that felt confined in my life that felt trapped and that didn't feel like 
I was free to do anything in my life. And um, so I worked with her and it's, it was interesting to work with this idea when someone says to let go, does it mean I get to let go of my, do I have to let go of my freedom in order to survive or can I hold on and mm. let go of what is keeping me so grounded that, and so confined that I can't experience my freedom. And so I worked with those two energies and I don't have a lot of dreams about what I would consider air. And so this was new for me to just hang on. And so the work, the, my practice was to hold on to the balloon and let myself feel free let myself feel myself rising above everything that was keeping me confined. And it was an amazing feeling. And I, so I practiced that on a regular basis. And it's definitely an energy that I struggle to feel. And in terms of, because I'm always looking for a way to, to, um, to feel that freedom, not only in my physical life, but in my inner life. Because in my inner life, I feel I'm responsible for everything and I've got to fix stuff and I'm stuck in situations that, you know, I'm just going to have to stay here. I can't, you know, do, you know, I can't leave or I can't create space. I, and, and so I think and I feel that in my inner being, my, I might go to that melancholy place in a different way. It's like I end up maybe feeling depressed because I feel so confined. And this is just the way life's going to be. And so practicing feeling that freedom can open me up inside. And, and even bringing it back to the breath and taking time to do to be with the breath as a part of that space, creating space for me and feeling into that. So it was a pretty, it's a dream that stayed with me for a very long time. And that, that dream was only like three years ago, not very long ago. Um, and so for me, that was one way that I worked with um, the element of air and space in a way. Um, so, so yeah, it was a pretty well, cool dream. I like the idea of the balloon kind of not keeping you grounded, but keeping you, I don't know what the word is, keeping you connected maybe. Mm -hmm. Right. But then allowing you to experience the space. So what, what is, what is there in each of our lives that, helps give us a sense of, I don't know, security or okayness, but, yeah. but then allow, that allows us to, to grow, to change, right. to step into things that are scary. Right. And, and, I, and we can let a little bit of the air out if we need to go back down. <laughs> if we get a little too high, that's right. <laughs> if we go out a little too far. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I also, while you were talking, I just had this thought about, you know, for people listening, what they could do when they work a dream to think about space. You were talking about, you know, sometimes feeling confined. Um, I think my mind is jumping to two different ideas here. So the first is the idea of being confined when 
you might feel confined in your life. I've definitely felt that. What would it be like in that moment of feeling confined to then try to focus on the space around you? Like maybe you're feeling like trapped in an apartment or trapped in a job or trapped in a situation. Look at all the space around and, and try to feel into the space. See if there's a way to feel into that space and give yourself a little bit of a, of a feeling, like a felt sense of expansion, even if it's just a little bit. Because I think if we can give ourselves even just a little, it helps us feel into the possibility that there's more. And that we can be in that. Don't have to be feeling stuck. And then I also thought about, I mean, your dream is very clearly about space and air, but any dream has those elements. So even thinking about a a, a scarier dream, a nightmare or, or a troubling dream, Yes, there might be the, the big monster standing in front of you. And maybe you're even in a room with the monster, but where is the space? Mm-hmm. Look at the right. space around. And, and maybe that even means that you could be creative in the dream and look for a way around, out, that you didn't see before because you've allowed yourself to look at the space instead of focusing on the thing that's scary. Yeah. I think that would be pretty challenging. I'm not saying that that would be an be. easy task, but I just think it would be an interesting one. And probably for most of us, um, easier to do once the dream is over. I'm not a, I don't lucid dream easily. Um, and I don't find myself becoming lucid in my dreams spontaneously. So taking action in the dream would be hard, not being lucid, but Certainly it's something that you could do once you wake up and you could work with the dream to not focus so much on the scary thing, but what is around it and being creative and even re you know, rewriting a new Mm -hmm. ending or a new way that the dream goes because you are thinking about that space and how, how to get out or how to change the situation. Right, right. I mean, I love what you're, what you're saying. And for those people that, you know, it brings up the idea for me that for those people that may have a hard time going there first, you could just take any dream, you know, especially after you've written it down and go back in it and visualize where is the space in the dream. Yeah. Like if you're in the middle of a field or in a house or, you know, outside somewhere in a parking lot, you know, or in a cityscape. And just let yourself observe where the space is around you and feel that. And, you know, it's like wondering where in my life do I have space and where do I not? And, you know, just to practice that as a precursor to working with what you're talking about Mm -hmm. and learning to observe space in a way or become aware of it. And what does it feel like for you? Because there might be some people that, like will be in an, in a situation or in a dream where they're in a big field and they're terrified of being in that open space. Right. And what, is, what does that bring up for them? Are there memories and associations to even having space and, you know, being lost or, you know, having too much space and not 
feeling connected to anything. So you can, it's like having both experiences and working with space in that way could be very powerful. Right. And even the in-between space between a house and the outside, we don't even talk about in-between space. And what does that bring up for people? So I love what you're saying. I love what you're saying about working the space when you're in a really hard dream. That makes a lot of sense. And as you were talking, I want to make sure that I speak to, and I think you started to speak to it. I think in my head, I've been, oh gosh, my voice, hold on a sec. Okay, we'll see. I think I'm getting a little sick. Um, I don't want to imply that space is a positive thing and objects are a negative thing. Right. And I, I, I think maybe the way that I was talking might, might have implied that a bit. Oh. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if you felt that, but it just made me think like there are some people f- for whom space is not a great right. thing. And, right. and that's fine. And maybe, and it is, it's something to look at. Um, but that, that might be something that, you know, people just, feel like, yeah, I don't need a lot of space in my life and that's totally fine for me. Right. Great. Right. <laughs> you right. know, just, right. just to say, like, we're not trying to apply that, oh, everybody should love, love space and, and want to embrace space. No, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, <clears throat> I love this idea of liminal space. It's mm-hmm. one of my favorite things ever. And I like that you brought that up, you know, the, the threshold spaces, which is, you know, between being awake and being asleep, mm-hmm. um, stepping out your front door, going over that threshold from your home to your to the outside, um, any kind of estuary, um, shoreline where there are two or more elements interacting with each other, a transitional space between one type of landscape to another. Um, I mean, we could go on and on, but I'm so glad that you brought that up. Just like a little drop in the bucket here for people to think about, oh, also consider those transitional liminal in-between spaces and what what is there for us to explore. Yeah. It feels like an, a whole nother podcast. I know. I was thinking the same thing, Mary Kay. <laughs> write it down. Right, right. Well, write it down. Yeah. Yeah. And I appreciate what you're saying about, you know, looking at space and how for all of us, it's going to be different based on our, our backgrounds, our experience yeah. in life, our, our physical makeup, our psychological makeup, what, you know, what brings us energy and what takes that away. And if we would do anything in this podcast is suggest to people to work with, what are the associations for you? What are your experience with space? What have been your needs and desires around space? What brings you to space and takes you away from it? And, you know, what does it offer you? I mean, and again, for all of us, it's going to be very different. And I think that's the real, you know, the, the gem of doing this work with dreams is that we can discover our dreams will show us all of this as you know, if we're willing to dive into their, their process and, and their wisdom and guidance. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I think that leads us 
very nicely to the practice that you have come up with for us. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, based on this podcast, what I would suggest is to explore air in both your waking and dreaming life. What does it mean for you and what are your qualities and association? And then dive into what does it mean to have space without judgment, um, but just explore that. How do we have it? How do we don't? How, do, how does it bring us what we need or take away what we need? Um, and where do we notice that in a dream? Where does it show up? How does space show up in our dream? And how does it, how does, how do we in the dream engage space? Um, and just take some time to be with that the next time you have a space, uh, dream, a space, <laughs> next time you have a space. Or the next time you have a space, which is always. <laughs> right, yeah, with a dream. <laughs> um, because there's so much wisdom there for us. And then do some work around that, whether it's with art or writing or movement or sound. Um, spend some time. Spend some time with, with the quality of space in the air. And so with that, we come to the end of our podcast. And we just so appreciate you being with us here today and listening to Dreaming Back to the Earth. Thank Thanks you, again. everyone. Until next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>